CrossFit, I think, is very, um, I don't, forgiving isn't the right word. It's, it's a place where no matter what your size, what your shape, what your weight, what your body type, what your gender, um, everybody's working on something. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a weakness, and even the best athletes in your gym or regionals, and I mean, you guys know this, everybody's working on something that mm -hmm. they're not that great at. Yeah. I am an everyday athlete. Good morning, everyone. This is Jarrett Baston with Mark McCain, and you're listening to Everyday Athlete a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day -day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And today we have Corolla Bell. I wrote down Fresh Out of Barbell Club, but that was um, that was a solid 50 minutes ago. <laughs> so, not necessarily. Well, I've had time to, you know, run a comb through my hair. Yeah, Fresh Out of Barbell now. Uh, but uh, I guess the first question for me is um, how, how long, number one, how long have you been with us? I just looked that up because I knew that question was coming. He's coming? Yeah. yeah. We always um, I started with Triumph in mid-November of 14. Okay. Um, wow. So we're coming up on the uh, third year then. Third year. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the first year was pretty sporadic, and then I sort of came more regularly, and you know, then it was off and on. I travel a lot for work, so that kind of gets in the way, but... Um, I try to be fairly consistent. Right. I'm not one of those six-day-a-week people, mm -hmm. but um, I try to get to Barbell Club, if nothing else. So minimum of three. So how did you uh, originally get started with us and CrossFit in general? Because, I mean, that was your first. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like you, you were a member at a previous gym. I was. I was. And uh, when I got wind that you were interested in coming to triumph like you were out of i think fitness or something mm -hmm. at the time and i do remember i don't know why i remember this you might think it's a little weird but i remember uh, a couple maybe email back and forth and i remember um using the word rock star with you yeah i don't remember that and but you I'll were, take yeah it. <laughs> you were like uh i don't think so but thanks for the compliment or something like that but i mm -hmm. i remember you were like hey i'm considering doing this and i'm like hey look you know we'll wherever you're at right now, let's, you know, let's, let's start there. But honestly, I think you can be a, an absolute rock star if, you know, you, you, you commit. And uh, like you said, you were sporadic for a while and, and obviously we'll get into your story a little bit, but I think, uh, my theory will, is, is, has been proven correct. Um, <laughs> well, so. I've, I've done more than I ever thought I could. Yeah, so that's I great. Mean, I that's what it's all about. I think. So. I think that's a, a great, that's one of those questions we like to ask everybody is, um, you know, what, what is your outlook from when you started three years ago? And it may be hard to remember back three years. Remember, you not know, really, no? I, I remember you were yeah. teaching the first class that I ever went to and the she reason came back, <laughs> yeah, I know I, I was surprised wow. too. I, um, I initially started CrossFit I, through a Groupon. It was a Groupon yeah. and my plan was, um, I had, just been divorced, you know, a few months and I was looking for things to do and I had done a mud stash and mm -hmm. I really liked that. And I thought, well, you know, what else am I going to do? I got to do something. And I really hate running, but that's the only thing I knew how to do. So I've, I've actually done everything from a 
one kilometer to a full marathon. Mm. But oh, wow. I hate running. I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. When did you do the marathon? That was back in 2003. 2003. Wow. Yeah, I had it no it idea. took me almost the whole six hours, but I didn't mm. finish. Why? Um, it's a testament. That I don't feel the need. I than I've ran. need to do it yeah. again. <laughs> I think that's more um, than I've ran combined my whole life. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but anyway, so I thought, well, maybe I'll do another marathon. So I started training for that and, and got really bad plantar fasciitis. Mm. And I thought, well, I have to do something in between to build it up. So I thought, well, you know, people talk about CrossFit all the time. So I went yeah. to the first class and promptly threw my back out doing kettlebell swings. Oh, God. <laughs> oh geez. And this is where CrossFit gets yeah. a bad name. Um, yeah. it but I came back yeah. because... I don't know why. I think the energy and just how I saw everybody interacting, yep. um, that was kind of a new thing for me. Going to the gym was, you know, like the purple place. You go in, you do your thing, you leave, and you don't really talk to anybody. Um, and then, as we said, I sort of dropped out for a while, and then our mutual friend, Seabass, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. sort of got tired of hearing me saying, oh, I feel so terrible, I'm so out of shape. And so she said, well, you need to go back to the gym, you know, Call market triumph, see what you can do. There you so, go. and uh, I've been back ever since. Yeah. Um, so if if you were, you know, because again, a lot of people have those scary stories they hear, like, oh, you're going to be hurt, you're going to be doing that. Um, what would something that you could tell somebody who wanted to get started um, that has really no idea what really goes on within these walls? Well, um, first of all, the getting hurt is was really my own fault because I went in there thinking, well. I can do this, you know, <laughs> and um, start at the beginning. Don't try to yeah. do RX workout, your first workout. Right. Go, th- go through the basics. Go through, um, you know, the progressions. Right. And you'll get there. You gotta, you gotta check the ego. Exactly. You know? That's the first thing it's you tough. learn. <laughs> it's tough, and I, th- I think that's the the through line with a lot of the workouts is it's just that humble. Humble daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, too, you, you have to go into it with the, this this open mind that you're here to learn a new skill, mm-hmm. you know, because it really is. It's a skill that you're teaching yourself. Well, and I think that's part of the attraction is, well, first of all, CrossFit, I think, is very, um, I don't, forgiving isn't the right word. It's, it's a place where no matter what your size, what your shape, what your weight, what your body type, what your gender, um, everybody's working on something. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a weakness, and even the best athletes in your gym or regionals, and I mean, you guys know this, everybody's working on something that Mm -hmm. they're not that great at. And whether that is, maybe in my case, running, or I still haven't really done a pull-up on my own. You know, there's, there's things that I haven't done yet. I can't do a double under yet. Right. Um, but I, I haven't been practicing those things right. either. Right. Your so, focus has been elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, which is again, that exciting part is you can master one thing. Mm-hmm. There's always something else to master. Mm-hmm. And I think too, even regardless of the ability of a person, um, the exciting thing is, is we've all been at that low point mm-hmm. where you're like, I feel, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere or like this feels silly or I feel embarrassed. Like everyone has felt that, you know, out on that floor. Mm-hmm. That's one well, thing and we even after all this time, you know, when I see a CrossFit class going on and, you know, there's one or two people that are really struggling at the end and the whole class is standing there cheering them on, mm-hmm. that never gets old. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, well, that's just, just 
so much empathy in the room because mm -hmm. you know we've all been that that one of those last people to finish a workout and it's like oh man i i really would love for someone to like really kind of cheer me on or, mm -hmm. or you know there's a, the opposite side too where it's like don't look at me yeah. you know <laughs> but I, I i really love that too that's that's one mm -hmm. of the things i'm like oh man i just and, and as a coach and and you know being kind of a I guess perceived as a, one of the leaders in this community, it just really makes me feel great whenever I see a class rally around someone. Mm -hmm. or, and that's just, you can't make that stuff up. You know, it's not like, you know, if, yeah, I, if, not, I, if I'm coaxing people to do it, if we're... I'm with someone that's here maybe for the first time and that happens, it's like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Like, and they see that and it's just like, wow, these people really care. You know? I, I think that's why, one of the reasons I keep coming back too is that was really unexpected for me. I'd sure. never had that kind of an experience at a gym before. I don't see it. I don't see it really anywhere. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, it, it's such a, a weird um, kind of anomaly with with CrossFit and with this style of fitness in general where you don't see it in, in any other sport. And that's what it really is, mm -hmm. it's a sport. You know, you don't see it at a at a baseball game where the other teams are rooting for the, the mm -hmm. team that's losing. Yeah. You know? exactly. It's, right. exactly. It's such a cool thing to see. Uh, and like Mark said, whenever, because whenever, we're, not, we're not pushing people to do it. They're on. They're over there mm -hmm. on their own because they know how that feels. They know how it feels mm -hmm. to be struggling with those last two reps. They're, you know, one of the first RX workouts I ever did. Um, it and it was the hardest one I ever did. Somebody actually did the last three sets of push-ups with me after they had already done the mm -hmm. workout, and yeah. that that was pretty awesome too. That's yeah. awesome. So it's fantastic. Uh, so, moving on to your current passion. Which mm -hmm. is uh, our our barbell club? Mm -hmm. um, how was it like an immediate? Oh my God, this is amazing! Or was it kind of like this this gradual progression into? Um, I really want to start to pursue this a little bit more. Um, it was a, a gradual progression. I started doing it in order to help my lifts in CrossFit, mm -hmm. and then after I'd been doing it for a while, and you know, talking to you and to Jeff and Lavetta. And actually, watching Lavetta just progress. Shout out to Lavetta. Oh my God, she's such an inspiration. Um, I love Lavetta. I do too. Um, it's in the name. Hashtag. She. Uh, it just felt like something that I could do at my age and compete effectively. Mm -hmm. And it's um, you know I, I've done the, the couple of the masters. Uh, events yeah. and CrossFit events for me are um, they're very loud and they're very exciting mm. but I really like and they're a little overwhelming they are comparatively. overwhelming the weightlifting Brings for me is just um, I really like that sort of yeah. zen there's something very in, uh, Jeff who we've had on here um, we've talked about it quite a bit it's something very therapeutic um, it is something therapeutic about just you and a barbell. Like there's something to be mm -hmm. said about going crazy on a workout and, you know, cranking the music up. There's also something very nice about like, uh, and Mark, you know, I'll, I'll lift out here and sometimes the music will be really low and or off. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you don't necessarily it's, need it's to have it. It's the focus. Yeah. It's, the it's focus. something very, very nice to be able and to focus on. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And there are, there are many days when I come in and I'm in a really bad mood. <laughs> I have to admit I'm kind of grumpy in the morning. And then I come in and I lift, and you know what? Everything's okay. Yeah. Mm. You know, throwing and heavy things around is, you know, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Everyone should do it. Everyone should do Everyone it. Everyone should do it. Um, and I think too that that place of, 
one of the, the key things that we found in, I think, pretty early on from, from owning Triumph was we are providing essentially almost a safe haven for like your day, right? Mm -hmm. A respite of this kind of like hectic life that you may have and mm -hmm. um, get to come in for an hour, hour and a half, and sometimes two hours, depending on what we got going on at Barbell, mm -hmm. uh, and, and really just hammer down and get to chat with people you don't normally get to chat with, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, we've talked about that a lot with other people, the people you meet along the way here, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's no other way you'd come in contact with those people. You know, even just this morning in, in Barbell Club, there was what, four, four of you, mm -hmm. five, four or five of you, you know, and, and the four of you outside of my sister and myself, we, we would never have gotten together, mm -mm, never. you know, outside well, and the people of, on the weekends too, Yeah. you know, um, and then every once in a while I'll come in the afternoon and it's nice to see the other people in Barbell Club, so. Yeah. Um, but I, I think one thing that you guys do well here is you're constantly sort of reinventing. You're looking at what works, what doesn't work. You're willing to experiment, and you know maybe that didn't work as well as you thought it would, and you, so you adjust. Um, and I think member all the members in general, both on the CrossFit side and the Barbell Club side, appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it's and you've been you. a growth. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> well we fail a lot, by the way. Well that's yeah. that's but, kind of that's kind yeah. of the thing. You know, you've seen both sides. But you but guys you also read all of those business books and you know that in order mm. to succeed you have to fail mm. a lot. Yeah, you gotta welcome so. it. Daily. And yeah. I think that's <laughs> I think we get a lot of that from lifting weights and mm -hmm. Dawn CrossFit. It's like, you know, failure is is, is evident you know, in, in, in everything that we kind of do almost, whether it's the business and obviously you want to learn, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if you hit, you know, if you hit a, a snatch the wrong way and it, and it doesn't feel good, guess what? Don't want to do that again. Right. Yeah, that's and true. That's, you can correlate that. I've, to, I've had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we, all, past few months. we all have for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we get some of those new guys in there and, and you know, it's, uh, my, my hips hurt real bad and I'm like, well, it's, probably doing it wrong <laughs> and but unfortunately you have to fail in order to learn that that's not the right way to do something mm -hmm. and that's that's one of the things that we talk about a lot too is is how um you know the relationship with the barbell the relationship with you know a workout carries over into that daily life uh, i think it truly and especially i can single-handedly say it, it's changed my mindset on just like problem solving you know we've we've talked about well, that a lot and it teaches you patience too mm -hmm. um because when it comes to doing things that I want to be good at, I'm pretty impatient. I'm yeah. not necessarily competitive, mm -hmm. um, although I compete against certain people in Barbell Club who shall remain nameless. Uh oh. <laughs> Tess. Um, oh. Uh, but you, you just can't jump in and go right to what you, you think your goal is. Yeah. You have to do it in the right way. Yeah. Um, or you're going to get hurt. Yeah. And, and would you say, would, is that a, because I think that's a really tough lesson to learn for a lot it of people. Is. Do you think, you know, being a, a quote, master's uh, competitor, is that easier to learn later on in life? Or do you think that's something that's pretty easy to pick up? Because um, I, I look at some of our, our, even our teenage athletes, and it's like, you see them get so frustrated so quickly, mm -hmm. and it's like, just patience, grasshopper, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, no, it's it's still hard. Still hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still want it. I, I have you know that fifty seventy is, mm -hmm. is haunting me. Yeah. So yeah, because uh, I think too you know because we've all myself included, and we you don't see it as much anymore. And with it with it games um, in the next coming uh, is it next week next weekend 
we've been yeah. following. So the the game, the CrossFit Games coming up here. We just uh, the Pan Am Games are uh, finishing up with the uh, with USAW. Um, you know, if if you just start out with no athletic background or some athletic background and just expect to reach that level, you know, it's 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 easy to see. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, it's, it's easy to 100%. see outside the box. Which is different from failure, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's just the way of the world, you know, today mm-hmm. with social media and, and so on and so forth. We all want to, you know, basically, the, you know, the world, so to say, pushes us to compare ourselves mm-hmm. to everyone else. Like, hey, look at this. Look what I'm doing. And again, we've, we've been actually spoke about this on the podcast before. Just, um, you know, it's with I think it was with, with Mr. Whalen about how it's you're getting a little glimpse into everyone's best moment of their week or their day and you're constantly comparing it and it's just like you know weightlifting crossfit you know you're get you're if if you're just tuning into let's just say crossfit games for the first time that's your first exposure it's like oh my goodness like look at these men look at these women Mm -hmm. and uh, they have all the master's divisions like oh my god that six-year-old has abs or you know (laughs) and i could never do that but in reality it's we're we're just a you know a, a group of people that, that is are, the cream of the crop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you that are seeing such a microcosm of right. Um, well, my personal hero in CrossFit is Betsy Finley, who I think is now sixty six. Wow, yeah. and she really didn't. If you read her story, she didn't even start doing it to compete. She mm-hmm. just kept getting better and better, and thought, oh well, maybe I should compete. And you know, like she's right. awesome. Yeah. Mm. And it's, and uh, so that's that's my role model. It's such a cool, cool testament too, because I think that you you find, again, you learn these skills. You go, you, you come in on on day one. We go through fundamentals. We go through this, you know, kind of, uh, for us at least, you know, a push pull squat workout, and that's the basis for everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, the pull that we do on on the rings, like on the ring rows, like that turns into your pull-ups, mm-hmm. that turns into your chest bar, turns into your bar muscle-ups, into well, your ring muscle-ups. I think you have to change how you think about things because, you know, when we did um, CrossFit workouts where there was a lot of snatches, I would just dread it because mm-hmm. I couldn't do them very well or not at a decent weight. And then over three years, it, uh, you know, it dawned on me, well, if that's what I'm worst at, that's what I need to work on more. Yeah. And you know, last when we had singlet Saturday, I hit a 45. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Kilos. That's so. kilos, people. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. not quite a hundred pounds. For, for those, for those of you who don't know, um, you know, Kroll is, is actually, uh, very accomplished in her, her class, um, of weightlifting. Um, cause there's not a lot of people that pursue it at a basically above, you know, even just say it. I'm 55. Well, even that, well, even that age range. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a young man's and a young woman's game. Yeah, I mean, it you is. see a lot of those. Uh, you know, I mean, C.J. Cummings right now. It's mm-hmm. like the kids, the kids, a teenager. Uh, and when, from my perspective, you have to look at that and really appreciate it yeah. and know the work that went into that. That yeah. that kid didn't just jump up and no. start doing that either. No. You know, that's a lot he of was work. Bread from he started like <laughs> eleven that's years that's old. That's another thing too. But, you know? but the fact that I can start at fifty whatever and be a competitor mm-hmm. is is pretty amazing. And find me. a new passion. Like, I yeah. it, I still can't even believe it. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Are, so. is, is Corolla the state record holder? For I am. I am not. Oh, I, I thought I thought you were for the clean and jerk or something. I, I She's pretty close unofficially. Close. The, unofficially. The, tough, yeah. the tough part is, is you, 
in order to break those records as far as weightlifting goes. On the USAW site, I'm third yeah. in my weight there and you go. age. That's awesome. That's so. pretty amazing. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. The USAW site would encompass the whole country? You can break it down by yeah. region, you can break it down by state, um, and you can go by all of, uh, you can actually break it down by age ranges as well. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of thing like the CrossFit leaderboard, they actually added that in just recently. So it's pretty cool. You can, if, if those USAW members who don't know, uh, that's kind of a new feature they added. So it is kind of cool to kind of see where you rank um, amongst all of the members of USAW, and obviously that's just growing every mm -hmm. day. So get in now while it's, quote, easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some of those oh, ladies are hey, the unbelievable. Pan Am games are clear. Every, every time they have uh, nationals and uh, the American Open, it is records are broken almost every year now. So yeah. it's pretty exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, so we kind of talked about, you know, you were a runner prior to, to Triumph. Um, has, has that kind of passion gone away? Like, do you have any I desire? I was really never passionate about <laughs> it. I just have to run because the only thing I just didn't know what else to do, yeah. you know. And then I had some friends that did it. And, yeah. Um, I, I will occasionally now do uh, maybe a half marathon race walk. Cause I have a friend that does race walking, which mm -hmm. that is not easy either, the race walking, because they're you know they have a certain pace they do and that's i feel like that's almost harder yeah. in certain ways yeah I mean, it's like a different um, different style so race well, race walk can you explain that sorry um well you're Is it power walking it's kind of like power walking but they have a certain gait that they use so if mm -hmm. you, and you'll you'll see those people because their hips kind of mm. move in a rotating fashion but they're yeah. it's like heel toe heel toe and they have special shoes i don't have special shoes but um, so I just do it with this friend of mine who who does that and you can't do it in weightlifting shoes I never tried it no. in weightlifting shoes. You I wasn't weightlifting at the time. Could, you could break <laughs> um, I feel like you could break some yeah. sort of record. That's a bad idea. So. Most distance walked in uh, lifters <laughs> I, You know, I actually thought about doing it in like hiking sandals once because mm. I thought they'd be more comfortable But I haven't I haven't tried mm -hmm. that yet. Sorry to derail you. It's um, okay So you occasionally you'll you'll Hey, I yeah. just want to do 13 miles plus, and yeah. that's that's impressive. Yeah. Um, so the, the talk about travel. So you, you talked about how everything is kind of interrupted by your daily life because because mm -hmm. we there's like weeks where we don't see you, mm -hmm. uh, but then it's like you're checking into the Louvre. So <laughs> um, I kind of yes. I don't necessarily know. I have. A, all of the artwork in my house, I've either photographed or made, except mm -hmm. for one piece, which is Corollas, which is hanging upstairs. So I know that you're an artist and you, you work in art. I, I don't know exactly what you do, though. Um, I work at the Cincinnati Art Museum, and I'm a registrar, which uh, we're sort of the logistics people behind the scenes. So mm -hmm. whenever an exhibition comes into the building, there's someone in my department that coordinates all of the logistics for how all those things get there from could be one place if we're receiving a show from you know say a previous venue or from 20 places mm -hmm. if we're borrowing things from different um, museums i'm sort of on the other end of that so when other museums borrow works of art from our collection i'm the one who looks at uh, i do sort of an analysis on you know when was the last time it was loaned mm -hmm. um, are there any condition issues? Is it fragile? And then it, it goes to the conservation department, the curatorial department, and the director, and they all make a decision. 
And if the decision is we're going to lend, then it's my job to get um, loan contracts, insurance, um, all of those things worked out, crating, because um, there's a particular way art is shipped. And then I, we work with um, a customs broker uh, if we're going overseas uh, to s schedule how we're going to get that piece there. And often I'll have to travel with the art. Um, usually that's determined by where it's going, again, um, fragility, insurance value, that kind of thing. That um, is unbelievably interesting. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Well, it I do envision sounds you a lot more glamorous than it is. The travel part can be... Um, oh, yeah. You know, I've spent people, 33 days on a truck. I've spent 20 hours. So, yeah, you might fly into Paris, but then that 15 or 18 hours from Paris to wherever in France yeah. um, is pretty grueling because their, their trucks aren't like our big semis yeah. here. You're on a bench seat sitting between the two drivers for oh, that 18 wow. hours. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. Yeah. I just imagine uh, I just imagine, imagine you there like in the back, like handcuffed to a piece of artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can happen I have done this. a hand carry oh, on, yeah. on a plane. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, so what's, what's, the, what's the most expensive thing you've ever traveled with? I cannot disclose oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, can, is it was it a painting? Can yes. You just, okay. Yes. That's, I feel but, like you that. know, you figure, what's the lowest Van Gogh you've ever heard of? You know. Yeah. Um, it it can range. Something can be really fragile and be worth five thousand dollars. Right. Or you can there you can have a Van Gogh or a Cezanne that's worth ten million, fifty million. Wow. You that know. is insane. Um, wow. It's. Yeah, you kind of have to put that. Did you ever paint anything yeah. and like try to put it in the museum? No. <laughs> like, bank, like Banksy, where he just made his own and put no. it on the wall. Um, that's so. How have you always been involved in the art world? Is no, um, I and I loved it early on when I was a kid in high school, and um, I didn't pursue it. Mm -hmm. My parents were not really that enthused about it. Right. Uh, so I spent a long time in bi the business world. I worked for a large financial firm for a while and it just kind of got boring. So mm -hmm. I went back to school, got my art history degree, figured out pretty quickly that I didn't want to A, teach or B, uh, pursue a PhD or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't enjoy the writing part of it. Um, and so I just sort of lucked into a job at the museum, basically doing cataloging okay. and just kind of went from there. Yeah, I think, well, and I think too, and uh, it speaks to your humility. I, I, I highly doubt that it was luck. I think what we see a lot of times is like the, the previous experience, like whatever you built mm -hmm. up in that business world, I think it absolutely comes into play later in life. You know, it's because like well, my, my, my background and a little bit of graphic design and Mark's background, a little bit in the financial world, like now I think it helps out where we are now. Had we not had to, had that experience mm -hmm. and had that experience that we didn't necessarily like, I don't think we would be here. Well, I have to admit when I interviewed uh, for that position, um, it, it was one of those instances where you just really connected with the people that were talking to you mm. and the energy was right and I already had another job offer from a law library. I was 
mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I wasn't really finding anything in the art world, so I was going to get a library de graduate degree. And I came home and I said, you know, I hope they don't take a long time making a decision because I really want that job. And mm -hmm. they called and said, well, and this was on a Friday, we'd like to offer you this position if you'd like to take the weekend to think about it. And I said, no, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what the salary was or anything. Wow, that's And well, those people, I st like, well, the one person is my boss now and the other person is now a chief operating officer at another museum. I still talk to her all the time, Yeah, you know. Um, it was it was kind of one of those magic moments. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. great. How long ago was that? Um, going on 16 years. Wow, wow. good for mm -hmm. you. Very That's, cool. Yeah. Do you uh, so you do have some hectic travel? Do you ever have like times where you get to go out and enjoy yourself on those? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Is it like I don't know? Is it like an hour or two? Is it? Oh no. Day? Um, I mean, usually, well, it depends on how tired you are. Um, so I kind of. I think everybody kind of develops their own routine. I do not sleep well mm -hmm. on a plane, even if I'm in business class. Mm -hmm. um, I just, it's just one of those things. I, I don't sleep well. So usually I have to go to the hotel and go to sleep for like four or five hours. Yeah. But then I'm back in mm -hmm. the routine. Yeah. Um, and it just depends on the schedule and how complicated the installation is mm -hmm. um, and what your turnaround time is. Sometimes if it's, you know, basically travel with the painting, see it hung on the wall, done yeah. you get to give that the like the okay so that's mm -hmm. kind of your duty yeah as well. you're there um you make sure that the when it's received it goes into um a secure um climate controlled area mm -hmm. uh then you have a schedule on when it's your turn to come back you have to come back either the next day or the day after to oversee the unpacking um you do what's called a condition report so you're reviewing everything that the conservator went over before it got shipped and then you're there while they're putting it on the wall so that if anything happens, um, I mean, you, you can throw your body in front of it, but yeah, right, um, right. you're basically there to, at that point, be a witness and document mm -hmm. if something mm -hmm. goes something wrong, which it something. rarely does. I mean, yeah. most places are pretty um, professional. Yeah. So. Are, are you guys pretty selective with who gets the artwork? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure you would be. I well, wouldn't be it, like, oh, yeah. It's like, not we just, just can't borrow You know, it's not just there. the artwork <laughs> itself. I mean, from a scholarly perspective, you're also looking at, well, how does this help our piece? Mm. Um, will it get studied further? Right. Yeah. Um, mm. So, and that's, a, that's what the curators look at, because they know who's, run, who's putting the show together and sure. whether they're reputable. Right. I'm looking at things like, you know, do they have big spikes in humidity and temperature mm. do they mm. have the right security that meets yeah. our requirements do they um you know how many guards do they have is it a big open gallery is sure. it you know smaller you know things with walls um does it need an alarm does it need um do you look at like break-ins and you know um yeah they mark have and i have a separate side business <laughs> yeah. where um, um, I don't yeah, know if so you know, but Mission Impossible is based <laughs> on a true story. Well, you know, you've heard of that Isabella Stewart Gardner. Uh, but that was back in the 90s. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, oh, well. Uh, it's another story. Uh, it's another story, but okay. paintings were stolen. Is that based stolen. on your life? Oh, no. No, no it's okay. not based on right. my life. That was pre-career change. Okay. Um, but, yeah, some paintings were stolen. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. And they've never been recovered. Wow. wow. Mm -hmm. That's, it, it is I'm sure they made me, a movie about it. They did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know a little bit about like 
very rare uh, these days about investing and stuff because the market moves so fast. But I do know a lot of people will obviously invest in, in artwork, mm -hmm. uh, like as far as like the really wealthy uh, individuals. And I was surprised to learn how much, you know, certain really, really well off people, you know, your Buffett's and your, and your um, maybe your celebrities and stuff like that will invest in well, artwork. And we, then just we have it chuckling. hanging in their house. Yeah. We were chuckling just yesterday about how Alice Cooper found an Andy Warhol print in mm -hmm. like a storeroom full of stuff. Mm. So interesting. You know. interesting. Yeah. interesting. I'd like to find something like that. Yeah. Right. It's like those uh, antiques roadshow whenever they, mm -hmm. they kind of pull up and be like, I've had this this copper pot in my basement for 90 years. And mm -hmm. it's it's some. But people have been duped as well. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. 100%. You know. Yeah. Um, so what is your, what's been your favorite place to travel then out of all the places you've gone? Um, I think every place has its charm. My personal favorite is, um, Madrid, Spain. Mm -hmm. And I can't really tell you exactly why it's just one of those things where when I'm there, I feel like I'm part of the city, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. Comfortable. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable. Yeah. And I, even though I don't really speak Spanish, um, I just feel like, yeah, I could live here. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know? Um, where I don't feel that way about Paris. I, I always feel like I'm the tourist there. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Uh, and I also, oddly, I, I enjoy going to Asia because it's so different yeah. from anything I've experienced. And I can, like, I'd imagine like even like places like, you know, Paris and, and Madrid, like there's still a little bit of Western mm -hmm. influence versus Asia is a little bit, they, they have their mm -hmm. own culture that is very, very, very different than ours. It is. It is. Um, so I'd, I'd like to go to more places in Asia. I've only ever been to Japan and Singapore. Mm. Um, but you know, those, those things will come. I've yeah. heard, I've heard Japan is really nice. It's beautiful. And yeah. the, the people are extremely nice. That's awesome. The Tokyo Metro system is mind boggling. Wow. And a friend and I were there and people act, they could see that we were confused mm -hmm. and they actually stopped wherever they were going and led us to where we needed to be, explained what we needed to do for that yeah. leg or whatever. And, you know, waited while we wow. did that. Very and cool. The last time I was there, I got really sick. Um, I had to go pick up a screen that we were having conserved at this special place where, I kid you not, they work in their socks on low tables with the Tommy mats. Mm. And so we were all, and then we all had to have a group picture. Sure. And I just started feeling really dizzy and mm. pretty much passed out. Like wow. right there. I don't know why, maybe I didn't get enough sleep or I was dehydrated or something. They not only, they called me a cab. One of the young ladies insisted on riding to the hotel with me. They brought like 15 bottles of Gatorade type stuff. And I thought, okay, well, thanks for dropping me off. I'll go upstairs. Oh no. She came up to the room with me, made sure I laid down, made sure wow, I drank, wow. you know, some of the Gatorade and really did not want to leave. Wow. I mean, they, they just were That's very cool. amazing. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I bet you they, they, they uh, did CrossFit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, that's an do incredible you, story. Do that's, you get to mm -hmm. visit any CrossFit gyms or anything like that I, while you're there? I didn't. I haven't to this point because sometimes, like, my turnaround is so quick. I only have a day and a half. Yeah. And I the, la the last trip I did, I tried to look one up, but it was um, 
40 minutes by mm. bus. Yeah. And I thought, well, You're I'm going to be walking way, around yeah. anyway. You know, I, I was in Italy and, and we walked like up and down stairs. So right, I think, eh, yeah. I'm getting my workout in. Right, right, you know? right. Um, so. to, to kind of uh, bring, bring everything back to a full circle, uh, admittedly, you are a very frazzled person. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like we've had this conversation yeah. where I just kind of look at you in the morning and you're like, I know, you know, but mm. a lot of that makes and that's kind of the point of why we like to get together and talk about this kind of stuff is, is it makes so much more sense now. Like you're mm. that what you do on a daily basis is, is so involved Mm-hmm. that again w- what we're trying to provide here is this respite and this kind of place where you can go to unwind uh, and I think that's so important to have as far as a, a if you're going to have a gym if you're going to own a gym mm-hmm. um, is is to provide somewhere where people are going to feel comfortable to come in mm-hmm. and, and be able to unwind because if you A if you're not listening to your people and you're not treating them well they're not going to stay but B it's, it's going to foster the wrong kind of environment mm-hmm. you know but- And I agree that, uh, and that's what Barbell Club does for me. It's a place where I can really just kind of slow down. Because in addition to that, somehow I get involved in all these other things too. And so I'm trying to keep making art and I'm trying to do some writing. You know, I was in school. I finally Mm -hmm. graduated and I thought, wow, great. I'm going to have all this time. I I literally had two stacks of books that I wanted to read after Mm -hmm. I got out of school. I haven't even started one. Wow. (laughs) So, and I'm in a... uh, book club and I'm a member of the mercantile library so I try to do you know go to some lectures there so it's I feel like I'm constantly just trying to yeah. balance things out um, and then well you know I've kind of been plagued by some minor yeah, injuries that, that, that have been leg. driving me crazy yeah, yeah. Um, so my plan is actually to do more CrossFit classes at least twice a week but mm-hmm. I just haven't made it there because sometimes after barbell the next day my leg is just like nope this is not going to happen yeah. So, you know, and normally I, I would try to come in, but try to let it heal. Yeah. It's a, it's a really tough thing to do, especially when you, when you find something you enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, it's really tough to tell oh, your body that you need to rest. Not being able to do like the front and back squats to my true percentages has been making me crazy. Yeah. So, but Absolutely. you know, it's that patience thing. And uh, you have, uh, a, I know you have a, just a son, mm-hmm. in fact. So I didn't know that until probably a couple of months ago. You got oh, really? Things you learned along the way. <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned it. Uh, I think you were visiting him or something. I yeah, don't he, it was. Uh, he, he's in his 30s. Yeah. He has two little girls. Uh, so I have two granddaughters. They're six and two and a half. No idea. You were grandma. Yeah. Yeah. I just strongest grandma on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's I'm right. waiting till they're a little older, then hopefully I'll get them out of you know, dance class and into cross. There you go. <laughs> where, where does he live at? Um, he lives in Independence. Okay. And I've been trying to get him to come. I, yeah, I was telling him, you know, the basics are free. Just go try it out. But Saturdays are free, you know. He, they, you know, they've got dance. They've got gymnastics. They've, you know, mm-hmm. his wife's a teacher, and um, he works for Kroger. So his hours are all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I'm working on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So. Awesome. Uh, so we always like to kind of finish our, our day out uh, with a uh, just a simple question. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is your definition of fitness? Oh, I think it's changed. Um, and I would have said before my definition of fitness, I would only consider myself fit if I looked like somebody, you know, in a magazine, like I had six pack abs and all that. Um, I think my definition of fitness now is just an overall 
healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm by no means a small person. I'm not ever going to be a small person. Um, but, and it's, it's continuing to work on everything. So it's, there's the, I think there's the physical part, there's the psychological part, and then the part that I struggle with the most is the nutritional part. Um, so fitness to me is, is kind of a whole life process. Sure. Whereas before it was just this image that I thought I had to be or look like. So right. um, I think it's a lot healthier now. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I love that. 100%. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, li- you're listening to Everyday Athlete. And join us next week as we dive deep into the lives of those who make us great. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. Carola. That was awesome.